Hey everybody, you're listening to Cinema 5000. I am Mallory here with you. It has been a moment. Um, I uh, do want to let you know that I am recovering right now from COVID. I uh, was lucky enough to get COVID <laughs> um, last week. I think early in the week, I traced it back to maybe a dentist appointment being the time of when I got it just because of how symptoms sort of worked out. Like I will say the first couple days that I actually may have had COVID, I didn't think I had COVID. I thought I was just, I don't know, experiencing um, things that happen to me usually when the weather gets warmer, like just a sniffly kind of congestion, nothing too major. I did have some major headaches though. And I was just like, Oh, where is this coming from? And then one day I just said to myself, you know what? I am not getting better and I'm taking stuff. So I tested myself and what do you know? But you don't care about that. You just want to hear what I have to say. Um, this is a recap episode. I'm doing recap episodes basically at the end of every quarter in the year. So we are just about at the halfway point for 2022, which is exciting. A little horrifying, a little scary considering the world, but lucky for you, I have a bunch of things to tell you about. And we're going all the way back for the recaps uh, to February 28th. Now, the last film I talked about on the last recap episode was actually February 22nd, but on February 28th, I rewatched Mac and Me, which I have seen a number of times, so my opinion has not changed on this. As I've gotten older, I've appreciated things about it and also noticed things about Mac and Me. Like, when I was a little kid, it never occurred to me that Mac and Me was a E.T. ripoff. Um, <laughs> but I still like Mac and Me. I rated two stars because it's, you know, at its core, it's really just not a good movie at all. But um, I like how it's shot. It, you know, takes place in California and it's sort of a road movie in some ways. And I mean, the effects are like so-so. I, I think the thing you have to remember about Mac and Me is that in like the late 80s, it's like there were a lot of movies being made that were done just as like takeoffs on other things. And while that never occurred to me as a kid, um, for what it is, I think it's fine. It's entertaining. It doesn't maybe have a good story, but I don't think it's that bad. Uh, so enough about Mac and me. <laughs> um, the next movie I rewatched was actually on March 10th, of all things. I rewatched uh, the HBO TV movie Game Change, which is about the uh, John McCain and Sarah Palin um, <laughs> presidency uh, from the Republican Party nomination road to possibly the presidency. But as you may know, that did not happen. <laughs> um, it stars uh, Ed Harris as uh, John McCain and Julianne Moore as Sarah Palin. And while I think the performances are good, I think the movie is just a little bit short of being actually good. Um, it sort of feels one-sided. Like a lot of it really heavies, heavily favors um, Sarah Palin and her sort of rise to this higher place from like the governor of Alaska um, because before she was the governor of Alaska she was the mayor of Wasilla Alaska and so she's like in the big time and there's a lot of conflict on how she thinks she, things should be done versus how political staffers think things should be done and I do think Julianne Moore is good in the movie I think Sarah Paulson's good in the movie um, and Woody Harrelson is in the movie as well and they're all playing <laughs> very recognizable people like Steve Schmidt. Uh, but <laughs> uh, it's just okay. I don't think the movie has enough really to make the runtime justified. Like I think it's almost two hours long. 
But like I said, Jillian Moore is good. Um, so it's moving right ahead, I think this is March 15th. I rewatched Staying Alive starring John Travolta. Um, I actually like this movie even more than the last time I watched it. Um, Staying Alive, if you don't know, is the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, which is a very um, dark and um, very enjoyable drama, in my opinion. It is a little harsh to watch, and there are some very graphic language and sequences in the film that are a bit disturbing. But Staying Alive is the continuation of Tony Manero's, um, you know, ascension in the Broadway world, in the dance world, and how he gets where he gets. And it's kind of weird to watch both of these films back to back, or at least close to each other, because Tony Manero is a piece of shit in the first film. And in the second film, he's still kind of a piece of shit, but you're supposed to like him more. And there are women who are like really falling for him. And it's like, gosh, this is the same guy who like did some really awful crap. And he's like trying to, you know, make us forget all that. And the movie's PG, so it doesn't have any of that stuff. But as a film, as a whole, I think it's pretty entertaining. And the end sequence of the movie on Broadway is incredible. Oh my goodness, it's absolutely amazing. So then on March 18th, I rewatched Darby O'Gill and the Little People, which is the um, the Irish Disney movie that you may or may not have heard of. But um, it's really cute. Darby O'Gill is this like crackpot in the village in this small town. And everybody's like, oh, Darby O'Gill, you're crazy. And <laughs> he sees these little, little people and um, the leprechauns and he uh, he does stuff with them. And I think it's a really cute movie. And I do believe it's on Disney Plus. And if it's not, that's really terrible um, that it's not because I think it's such a charming, innocent, um, sweet movie. And Sean Connery is, an e- is even in the movie as well. Um, I liked it a little more than the times I had seen it as a kid because as a kid, I don't think I really understood it. Um, but it's fun. I like it. Uh, moving ahead, ahead to March 24th, I rewatched the uh, 2011 film The Raid directed by Gareth... Um, Evans. I don't know if you've ever seen The Raid, but The Raid is quite an amazing, an amazing action film, and it has a great sequel, The Raid 2. I haven't watched The Raid 2 again in a while, but uh, just The Raid is like nonstop action, bizarreness, craziness. It's a great time. I liked it about the same as I had the last time I seen it. Um, on March 26th, I hadn't seen this movie in a number of years. I rewatched The Truth About Cats and Dogs, starring Janine Garofalo and Uma Thurman. Um, It's a really charming romantic comedy. I recommend it if you have not seen it. Uh, Janine Garofalo plays this uh, animal therapist on the radio (laughs) who helps people with their pets, and um, she's very insecure. She doesn't think anybody will fall for her because she's constantly overlooked by other beautiful women in the world, and it turns out a totally glamorous and beautiful model lives next door to her and she's played by Uma Thurman and Uma Thurman's a knockout and Janine Groffalo just feels like huh, that woman's amazing I will never get a man and lo and behold what happens is a big mix-up uh it's a takeoff on Cyrano, Cyrano de Bergerac I believe or maybe something else maybe I'm confusing it with something else um uh, but basically okay yeah it is a takeoff of Cyrano um but Janine Garofalo is like this wonderful person and she just, she can't imagine that the wonderful man in the movie who is played by Ben Chaplin, um, who's just so charming, would ever fall for her. So 
it's a 90s um, rom-com. I saw this when I was a kid when it first came out. Like, I went with my best friends. My mom was like, okay, you get, you girls can all go. It's PG-13. Um, it's it's really cute. I, I recommend it. And it's I think it's kind of forgotten. It's something that's really charming and wholesome. And if you liked um, something like You've Got Mail, you would definitely like The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Uh, moving right ahead to March 31st, I rewatched Scream 3. I had not seen Scream 3 probably since it first came out on VHS. Uh, the funny thing about Scream 3 was for my 16th birthday, I tried to go see it at a local theater with my sisters, and we were like the only people going to see it in the afternoon on my birthday because it came out on my birthday, and the man refused to let us in. He didn't care how old we are. He didn't care my sister, my older sister was of age, anything like that. Um <laughs> And uh, it was like, dude, don't you want to sell tickets? He's like, no, you're too young. So I didn't see it till it was on video. But um, I think Scream 3 is okay. It has some funny antidotes about like the Hollywood industry um, and actors. And Carrie Fisher has an amazing cameo in it. Uh, but it's just okay. I rated it a 2.5 out of 5. It's funny. There's like notable people in it, such as like Emily Mortimer. It's like she's she's English and she's playing, I think she's playing an American in it. Or maybe she's just like getting rid of her accent to play the character that's American in the movie within the movie. Um, but it's, it's, it's Scream, Scream 3 is fun. It's not great, but it's fun. I also rewatched the very same day on March 31st, Death to Smooshy, and I probably liked it a little less than I did the other times. I don't think it's very tight. Um, it's directed by Danny DeVito, in case you didn't know. But um, I do like Edward Norton's character. He is just so... <laughs> He's just very glib and not really keen to the ways of like how industries and business work and people get taken advantage of. Um, Robin Williams is good, but he's also really nasty. And same with Catherine Keener. Um, so yeah, not as great as I thought it was back in the olden days. Um, another movie I didn't think was as good as I had thought it was back in the day was the um, film In Dreams starring Annette Bening and Robert Downey Jr. I watched that on April 2nd. I rated it two and a half excuse me, I rated it a two and a half out of five. Um, I think it's got some interesting images, but as a movie that is sort of weaving in and out of dream sequences and scenarios, um, it feels a little chopped up, like it's missing some moments in it and it's not very long. So I do wonder, is in dream something that sort of got the ax from the studio? And there's some suggestion of like child abuse in it too. So it feels like some scenes were maybe cut because they were too graphic. It's, it's, it's got like, this disturbing layer to it that you sometimes see in movies be a bit more like, you know, show, don't tell. But this one tells. It doesn't necessarily show, which works for it and against it because so many things are implied. Like I as a kid, when I saw this movie, I'm a, I was probably only 15. There are a lot of things I didn't get out of the film that I get now. And I found way more disturbing because they don't show them. But I'm not saying like the movie needs to be graphic to be good. I'm just saying there's so many things that are inferred that it kind of works against the film because you could have more discussions and more moments between characters that just aren't there, period. Um, so moving ahead to April 4th, excuse me, April 5th, I rewatched Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. I still love the film. I rate it four stars. I think it's hilarious. It's one of the funniest movies um, I've seen um, maybe ever. It's just something really dependable and it always makes me laugh. Moving ahead to April 8th, I rewatched the romantic comedy Only You, starring Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr. I liked it just about as much as I did when I was much younger. Um, it's a simple kind of movie. It's just, it's one thing going on. 
and that's all you really need to know. Uh, Marissa Tomei's character, Faith, is like convinced that one day she needs to marry a man who has a certain name. And as she gets older, she realizes maybe that's not the truth. Maybe that doesn't need to be her fate. But all of a sudden the phone rings one day and it's the man. Allegedly, it's the man. So she runs off <laughs> um, to Italy to go meet up with him. And, you know, chaos ensues. Uh, on April 13th, I rewatched Saturday Night Fever, and like I mentioned for Staying Alive, you know, Tony Manero, piece of crap, I do think it's a classic movie, I think it's amazing, I think the dance sequences are fantastic, and it's a real, really troubling um, and unforgettable portrait of um, people living in Brooklyn and the really awful things that youth culture sort of experiences, the hardships of life and struggles with family. Moving ahead to April 28th, I rewatched the HBO, another HBO TV movie, The Late Shift, which is about the struggles on late night TV between CBS and NBC, David Letterman, Jay Leno. I think it's great. Kathy Bates is really awesome in the movie. Um, rated it three stars. Maybe I would rate it three and a half because maybe. No, but I rated it three. Um, it's a good film. I definitely um, recommend that in case you have never seen it. Okay, so now we've got to skip out from April going ahead. I, um, on May 4th, I rewatched The Empire Strikes Back. I went to the movie theater. I went to the Brattle Theater in Cambridge. I was going to be in the Boston area for a concert on that night, and it was May the 4th, so I went ahead and saw The Empire Strikes Back at the Brattle. Don't need to explain any further. Rated it five stars. It's The Empire Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> on May 18th, I rewatched The Informant, starring Matt Damon, the Steven Soderbergh film about a man who kind of gets in over his head. Um, I think this movie is just okay. I think some of the scripting is, um, how do I say it? There's maybe not enough of a punch to the movie because it is all Matt Damon losing his mind and doing crazy stuff um, and maybe not even knowing what he's doing. It just sort of works. It's not, it's not great. I think it, it's missing something. Um, not to say it's a bad film. I just think for me, it just needs a little more. Um, I don't think that's a very notable Soderbergh film. I feel like it just kind of came and went when it came out um, in late, well, it looks like it came out in 2009. Um, but it's, it's okay. I don't, I don't want to say it's a bad movie. I just don't think it's for me. On May 28th, I made a point to go see The Northman in the theater again because I really enjoyed The Northman and I still think it's great. I think the cinematography is really good. I think the production design is amazing. Um, it's one of those movies where like it's it looks cold in certain scenes and you feel a chill. Um, there's a lot of brutality and just nastiness in the film, but I think for what it is, um, I, I think it's, I think it's really good. I think it's really enjoyable, really fulfilling. It's a movie that's like two hours and 15 minutes. And I saw it at a like 925 showing at night. And I really debated, am I going to go see this again? Am I going to go see this later at night? Am I going to stay awake? And it was like, okay, you need to pound a Coke or something with caffeine because, um, I, at this point in the month was like going to bed at like 10 o'clock at night. I don't know what my deal was, but yeah, I went and saw it again and I didn't regret it. I enjoy the Northman and you might too. Um, <laughs> on June 11th, uh, I rewatched a movie called the green Ray. excuse me, the green Ray. This is a film by Eric Romer. If you don't know who Eric Romer is, he does these very human stories about people and relationships um, that take place in mostly Europe, like France. 
Um, the Green Ray, Ray the Summary, I'm, I'm going to describe this just because it's a movie I don't think a lot of people know about. A lonely Parisian woman well, comes to terms with her isolation and anxieties during a long summer vacation. So it's only about 90 some minutes and it's this woman who's just, she's so afraid she's going to be alone forever. She doesn't know how to deal with it and she's looking for love and trying to grapple with her anxieties and issues. And I think it's, I think it's a really beautiful film. I liked it about the same. I rated it four stars in Letterboxd. Um, it's just, it's this really beautiful movie, really human. I really like the acting. And the amazing thing about it is like some parts of it are improvised. Like rumor just like gave these people an outline about what to tell and this and that. And I think that's really awesome. Um, the same day I rewatched The Worst Person in the World again, rated it four stars. They're kind of kindred spirits, these two movies, The Green Ray and Worst Person in the World about a woman trying to figure out, you know, what she wants in life. Um, Worst Person is very different, but, um, yeah, I watched them both in the same day for a reason. I was, like, intent on doing that. <laughs> um, so on, oh, this is June. Yeah, June 15th, I uh, rewatched Framed Roger Rabbit, watched it with some friends, um, I, it's weird to say, like when I was a kid, I think I admired Who Framed Roger Rip, Rabbit more than I actually really liked it. And I think I f still feel the same way about it. Like the animation is incredible. The integration, um, I'm not a Robert Zem Zemeckis fan. That's something I should be upfront about. Um, I always have a problem with his movies in some way. I don't know what it is, but, um, it's just okay. Um, rated it three stars cause I can't say it's a bad movie. Like, I don't hate watching it. I just think, um, I just think at times the editing and the pacing of the story, um, don't make the story feel as interesting as it should. So that's how I feel about it. Um, June 17th, rewatched The Stepfather. Yes, this was Father's Day weekend and it was the first movie shown for, um, Joe Bob Briggs, um, the last drive-in on Shudder and The Stepfather, um, I do like. It's a movie that, um, I probably overrate. I gave it three and a half out of five stars. Um, it's really nothing special, but at the same time, I just love the nastiness of it. And Terry O'Quinn as the titular stepfather, he's so good. He is so creepy. Oh, um, it's a good one. I recommend it. I don't really recommend the sequel, but, <laughs> um, if you like the first stepfather, you'll probably like the second one too. Okay, so only a couple rewatches left. Wow, long time span, but not many rewatches. Um, on the 24th, just a couple days ago, I rewatched Baz Luhrmann's Romeo, well, excuse me, Baz Luhrmann's William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. I hadn't seen this in years. And the funny thing is, I remember all the little Claire Danes quirks that she does as Juliet, like certain movements she does, I remember them to a T. I don't remember how often I watched this, but I guess I watched it many, many times as a preteen. The first time I saw it, I was um, 11 years old. I like begged my mom, please let me see it. Please, please, please. This is like the moment for me as a preteen. Um, and so she had me read um, the Shakespeare text, of course. And <laughs> when it was time to see the movie, it turns out I actually was on vacation with my family around the time of Halloween because it came out. I want to say it came out the week of Halloween in 1996, like maybe October 20 something, um, or maybe a little before that. But the time when I saw it, I want to say it was like, it might've been the day after Halloween or 
week after. I can't remember exactly, exactly, but I was in Sacramento and the movie theater we went to see it at was in a mall that had no roof. <laughs> I haven't been to Sacramento since, so I don't know if that mall is still there, but I went with my sisters and this friend we had met in Sacramento and I just remember it being like the biggest moment of my life because there was so much build up to this movie, so much build up for the soundtrack. Claire Danes was hot, Leo was hot. Um, Claire Danes and My So-Called Life was such a big deal and I was obsessed with that show and heartbroken when it went off the air. But Romeo and Juliet, I just remember it being like, this This is it, this is amazing because it's so dramatic um, and so outlandish is just the bad style through and through. Um, and it's fun. I still like the movie. I rated it three and a half stars. I don't think it's perfect. Um, but I think for what it is to be a movie that, you know, would appeal to teenagers. And I think that's what Baz had in mind is like, make a movie about these star-crossed lovers and make it so that the teens can enjoy it too. Uh, wonderfully marketed to people like me. I mean, I will probably always love this movie regardless of whatever people say about it or how anybody feels about it. I don't care. <laughs> I, I still really like this movie. I should probably buy it on Blu-ray and just, you know, enjoy the shit out of it because when I watched it, it was on HBO Max and I think some of the picture quality wasn't as good as it could have been. So yeah, I should probably buy that. All right, my last rewatch. Something um, I actually had not even planned to watch, like again, like every once in a while I'm like, I need to rewatch that movie. I haven't seen that in so long. And it turns out the other day, because of me being sick with COVID, I was just like looking on apps that I had. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I should rewatch Wally. I haven't seen it in so long. I cried in all the places I cry at during Wally. I just think it's such a sweet and beautiful movie. And I love the robot stuff. Like all the robots have wonderful personalities. Um, yeah, I know when they get to the by and large, like giant cruise ship thing that people are living on the axiom, is it the axiom? Yeah. When they, when they get to that, it can, you know, it's kind of a shift in the story because you go from this really brief and beautiful romance between these two robots and then there's people and the people are like, you know, if you've seen the movie, you know, um, but I don't care. I love Wally. I love it so much. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I've seen it so many times. It had been a number of years since I had seen it last, but man, I, 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 I cry every time the same parts. <laughs> it's just, it's just really cute and innocent. And, um, when, when Wally revives Eve every time I cry, it's just so beautiful. And when, oh no, wait, when Eve revives Wally, sorry, got it backwards. You know what I meant? Um, it's just so cute. I love it. I love Wally so much. Um, but yeah, that's the recap. Oh, wow. I got through this entire episode without coughing. Uh, probably just had a little congestion here and there. You might've heard. Um, but yeah, uh, Thank you so much for listening. Wow. Um, this has been a recap episode. You're going to get another one of these at when? The end of September. I'll go over any of the recaps. Um, so yeah, the next episode is going to be the special special episode, which is going to be featuring horror films, like a special horror film thing. Obviously, nobody voted. Thanks so much for not voting because I got to pick the movies myself. So when that episode comes out, you get to enjoy certain films I selected for different reasons. Um, some I had been wanting to see for a while. Others I have just never heard of and just randomly picked from a different list. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. This has been Mallory. Um, this is Cinema 5000. Next episode, special episode. But before I go, I'll tell you how many movies I have logged so far. Just so you know, 
that we have a lot of movies to talk about in the next regular episode because right now I'm at 4,883 movies and I actually stopped watching a movie just to record this episode because I didn't want to fall asleep and forget to record it. So yeah, we got a lot of movies to watch still, but I've been been catching up on a lot of films. I'm just going to tell you that because I was infected with COVID and what do you do when you get sick and can't leave the house? I don't know. You just sit around and try to keep it, <laughs> try to keep it together. And for me, that is watching movies. All right. Um, like I said, I'm Mallory. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to check out the Twitter, go to cinema, cinema 5k for Twitter. And if you want to send an email, have any questions, recommendations, whatever, the email is cinema 5k pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you later.